This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5? I'm going to start in verse 15. It's really not can I preach, it's may I preach, because me nor you really get to be the judge of whether I can or cannot preach. If you are, I'd rather you not say. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. I have, this is a simple, one of my typical simple thoughts today, the way that I, my style, God just has given me these thoughts uh, and these points in this passage of Scripture. And if I were to title it, it would say, uh, Watch Your Step. Watch Your Step. It's the title of this message today. Watch Your Step. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version today. It says, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a medley to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of love, Uh, Sorry, out of reverence for Christ. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Would we agree that we're living in an evil day? The days have been evil for a long time. Paul wrote this a long, long time ago. And even today, even now, I believe even more so, the days are evil. And Paul says, look carefully at how you step. Look carefully at how you walk. I told you last week, I talked a little bit about our uh, trip that we had to the mountains and how God just kind of pulled some things to my heart and mind. I told you all about kudzu. Uh, Those of you that don't know about kudzu, you don't want me to bore you with that today, but you can go and uh, watch that message or whatever, or you can just do some research. You just don't get the spiritual side if you do your own research. If you look up the message, then you get an interesting take on kudzu, but so we're on uh, this mountaintop in a cabin. Uh, looking over Fontana Lake, and uh, way down, down, down is this big, uh, beautiful lake, and our boat is parked way down uh, a path that you actually had to take a a UTV ride, a side-by-side, you had to take down to the path. I don't believe I would have wanted to walk it. So once you got to the parking spot where the side-by-side stayed, from that point on, you had to walk a narrow trail uh, a good, I don't know, 50, 100 yards maybe to get to the actual boat dock where the boat dock stretched out into the water. So we're way up in the, on the mountain, and in order to get to the lake, we have to go down a path, and this path uh, is interesting. The first time I did it was at night. Uh, that was not a whole lot of fun. It was interesting. 
Uh, I did not make this trip very often without a gun because I didn't know what we were going to see. Uh, I guess I was the only one that thought that was a good idea, but I had a gun when nobody else did. But this path was, was just a little bitty path wide enough to walk on. One point in time, McCaden's falling down, Micah's flip-flops are slipping. And if you didn't watch your step, you'd slip off the side. Not only would you slip off the side, but if you weren't watching your step, I saw a picture the other day of an ink pen laying on a desk, and I saw a baby copperhead. Maybe you've seen this. A baby copperhead laying beside an ink pen, and the copperhead was no bigger than the ink pen. That copperhead, even in that small size, is poisonous. And if you step on that copperhead snake, it's going to bite, and you're going to be injected with venom. You with me? There's spider webs on the path, and if you're not careful, I did some cleaning up in the backyard this week, and I found two different uh, black widow spiders that were down, tucked away, and if I'm not watching where I'm stepping, if I'm not watching what I'm grabbing, if I'm not watching my step, I'm going to put my hand on a spider. You with me? Paul said, look carefully at at where and how you walk. It's all about the intentionality. It's all about paying attention. Whenever we're walking down this path, I was trying to hold a flashlight because you know Mitchell always has a flashlight. It's in my desk drawer because my pockets are empty. I'm walking down the, the path holding the light behind me so that Micah can see, and I'm just praying, Lord, uh, I'm walking in faith as I'm taking these steps ahead of me because I'm in the dark. But at any point in time, we are looking where we're stepping. Paul said be intentional. Why? He said, well, don't be like the unwise or the foolish, but have wisdom and make best use of your time. Now, we're not talking about uh, plan out the day minute by minute by minute to make sure you're prioritizing your time to be the most effective. He's saying uh, already to this church at Ephesus, time is short as of when Jesus is going to return. Time is short as in uh, as when the people that are here on this earth are going to have to make this, they're going to have to face judgment and the decision is going to be made of whether they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. Be careful. Watch your step. Every step we take has consequences, Right? Every step we take has a response. If I take one step forward, my body's going to follow. If I take one step back, my body's going to follow. If I step off of the stage, my body's going off the stage. If I step up the stage, it's going up. If I step on the copperhead, I'm going to be off the path for just a little while. We rode horses back in the day, and uh, we used to have to watch actually where some of our friends are riding this weekend. Uh, we used to have to watch, and you would be on these really narrow trails. I tried to find pictures, but they didn't do it justice. You'd be on a trail just big enough, wide enough for a horse to walk across. Down this side is a mountain straight down. Up this side is a mountain straight up. And as you're walking, you're walking and you're watching for, for the horses, trying to make sure they don't step on a snake and trying to make sure they don't step in a yellow jacket's nest. Because if they step in a yellow jacket's nest on the side of the mountain, we're in trouble. We're constantly watching our steps. Paul said, make the best use of your time. Be intentional with your time because the reality is The time is drawing near. The days are evil. Caden learned his lesson a couple weeks back. 
You ever heard of a cow killer ant? McCaden can tell you all about them. My dude decided he wanted to touch one the other day. That's a terrible idea. I don't know who in their right mind would want to touch this demonic little red felt velvety looking ant. Well, it's not an ant. It's a wingless wasp. And the stinger is huge. My dude decided he was going to reach down there and try to move it around with his finger and got stung on the tip of his finger. I'm out trying to get the yard together uh, one day, one afternoon this week, and I'm walking around, and I'm trying to spray for bugs, and I'm finding these ants. I promise you, after I saw the one, I started watching my step. There are consequences to every step. So in this passage, Paul's given this direction. He starts out saying, hey, make sure you're paying attention. Look carefully. Make every step count. And then he tells how to do so. And there's five thoughts here that I want to walk you through briefly. Verse 17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Number one is be filled with knowledge. If we're going to be intentional about where we're stepping, if we're going to truly watch our step, we have to be filled with knowledge. You need to know that there are things on the path that are dangerous. You need to know that if you make that wrong turn, it's going to take you to the wrong place. You need to know that if you make the right turn, that is the way we get to the destination. We've got to make these decisions, but in order to make these decisions and in order to be aware of where our feet are intentionally being placed, we have to be filled with knowledge. We've got to be filled with the knowledge of God. Proverbs 18:15 says, "An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge." What are we looking for? What are we what are we allowing to come in? Romans 12:1 and 2, you know this. It says, "I appeal to you therefore," it's Paul talking to the church, uh, the Roman church. He says, "I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. We've got to be knowledgeable. We've got to understand. We've got to be seeking what God's will is. Joshua was told in Joshua 1 and 8, study this book continually. Study the book of instruction so that you would know what's right and what's wrong. You'd be able to do everything in it. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is again Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. He says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Knowledge is to be set apart. Knowledge is to be different. And in order to watch the step, and in order to be intentional, we've got to be filled with knowledge. Number two, comes from verse 18. Paul said, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. The word debauchery there is translated several different ways in different translation. The King James Version said, Don't be drunk with wine, for that's excess. Uh, you ever heard of somebody that's extra? <laughs> they just want to be extra about everything. That's the way I read that. That's the way I translated the King James Version, which was not the way it was originally done. But you want to be drunk with wine, you're being a little extra. Debauchery, dissipation. The New Living Translation said, don't be drunk with wine for it'll ruin your life. Regardless of which word or translation you want to throw in there, it's bad, right? It's not good. And we can find all over Scripture conversations about drinking specifically, but that's not the point of this message. That's not the point of this whole heart of this. We can change being drunk with wine out with anything. 
Paul's saying, don't be filled. We're all going to be filled with something. You with me? We all are. We're going to be filled up. We're going to consume. We're going to be filled with something. And Paul's saying, hey, don't fill yourself with the world, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Don't fill yourself up in this particular case. Apparently, the Ephesian church had issues with, with being drunk. He said, don't fill yourself up with this problem. Don't fill yourself up with wine, but instead be filled with the spirit. Don't live your life in this drunken hangover state of mind where it's all just a fuzz and a blur, but instead prioritize your time because the time is drawing near. In order to be intentional, we've got to be filled with the spirit and empty of the world. There are things that come up all the time in our life that want to creep their way in. It doesn't matter whether we're a saint that's been a saint forever and a day or whether you're a new Christian. All of us are in the same boat. Jesus himself was led to the, the wilderness by the Spirit so that he could be tempted. We're all there. We're all in that place where temptation is, is following. And if we're not careful and we're not intentional, we find ourselves stepping into those seasons and those places and those things and we're filled with gossip and anger and hurt and bitterness rather than being filled with the Spirit. And the only way that our steps are intentional, the only way that we can truly watch and know that when I put my foot right here, it's a firm foundation that's not going to give way out from under me is when I'm being filled with the Spirit. Number three, we've got to be filled with joy. Verse 19 he said, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making a melody to the Lord, melody to the Lord with your heart. I don't know whether it's going to come through miraculous healing or what's really going to take place, but there's a lot of people here on earth that when they get to heaven, they're going to have a new love for music. They're going to have a new love for worship. They're going to have a new love that they did not have here on earth because I believe heaven's going to be full of the choir of angels singing all the time. There's always going to be a melody to the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is. There's always going to be a melody, a song, a psalm being sang out. And so maybe, I don't know, I get that everybody is not their thing, but I'm excited to see how God transformed those people whenever they walk through the gates of heaven, how he transforms them into a place where the thing that they used to not like, now they have to love. It's going to be interesting to me. And in order to be full of joy, we're full of, of these songs. Nehemiah 8.10, and I, I quoted it earlier, says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalm 118.24, David said, This is the day the Lord's made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Some days you have to wake up. I do. Maybe you don't. Some days we actually have to wake up and say, today is the day that the Lord's made. And I'm determined whether I like it or not, whether I want to get out of the bed or not. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to have joy and I'm going to be glad in this day. This morning was one of those for me. You know, I'll be real. I got up and didn't know why I was not happy. I get to come to the house of the Lord today. I get to see all your beautiful faces today. It's a blessed day. When I got in the truck to leave, I said, Lord, today is the day you made. And regardless of how I feel, 
Regardless of why, I don't even know why I feel the way. I don't even know why I woke up angry. I just woke up mad. I don't know. Regardless, Lord, today is the day you have made, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. Your joy today, Lord, is going to be my strength because my joy is not necessarily here in this moment. So, God, I need your joy to fill me today. And in order to watch our steps and be intentional with each step, we've got to be filled with joy. That joy is evident by a song in your heart. Whether you can sing it or not, doesn't matter. Whether you can hum it or whistle it or not, doesn't matter. Me and Josh like to tap out our songs on stuff. We were talking about the other day when Josh came into our life years ago. You can call his voicemail and listen. You'll know when that actually was because he hasn't changed it. Hi, this is Josh. (laughs) The kid wouldn't quit tapping on anything. He tapped on everything. You know why? He had a song in his heart. Now he gets to get it out. Bless the Lord. You think Josh is playing too loud, but what you don't understand is Josh has just got a song in his heart that he's beating out. He's going to beat it out on something. Why not in the house of the Lord on a set of drums? Sorry, Josh. You've got to be filled with joy. Verse 20. Paul's saying, you're going to address each other in songs. You're going to sing. you got the song in your heart. And then he says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number four, in order to watch your step, you've got to be filled with worship and thanksgiving. How often do we find ourselves, maybe not you, I learned a lot about myself even yesterday. I had to take a personality assessment, and it was interesting. You know probably more about me than I do until yesterday. It's not always easy to find the words to show gratitude and worship for the things in our life. It's not right for me. And it's not an excuse, but it's not in my natural makeup to sit down and find opportunities and things to thank God for. It's not the way I'm built, but that does not mean that I don't have to do it. And I've learned that as I do sit down and I take a minute and I start counting off the things and just naming off to the Lord what it is that I'm thankful to him for, my attitude in my heart begins to shift. It's almost like the atmosphere shifts, and I really believe that it probably does, and it's not just me in my heart, but I believe that as we give thanksgiving and adoration and worship to the Father, just tell him he's worth it all. He's worth all of my praise. God, you've given me a family. You've given me a beautiful wife. You've given me beautiful kids. You've given me an opportunity to serve in your ministry. You've given me an opportunity to pastor an amazing church. God, you've given me everything I could possibly need. I got cold chills just from thanking the Lord. 
Because not only does it change us, but it shifts the atmosphere because God is, he's a jealous God and he's wanting the glory. Everything about him is wanting everything to be for the glory of his name. It's not about me. And in my personal makeup, unfortunately, it's the way that I'm designed is that occasionally in my mind, it has to be about me and it's what I've accomplished and what I can do to keep going and how I can go further. And it's not about that at all. It's all about God getting the glory and receiving the glory for the things he's put in my life. And in order for my steps to be intentional, and in order for my eyes to be on that next step, and that next step, I can't be focused on me. I can't be focused on my own, what, what my abilities are, what my desires are. But instead, I'm God, I'm thankful for you today. I'm thankful for another day today. I'm thankful for that blessing that I could not have given myself, but you gave to me. God, I'm thankful. I worship you, Lord, because you're worthy of all the praise. In order to be intentional with our steps, We've got to be filled with worship and thanksgiving. Paul said it here and he said it again, be thankful in all circumstances or be thankful for everything. That's hard. That means even the seasons that are long and even the darkest nights of the soul. If you've been with us on Wednesday nights, this uh, we talked about several weeks ago, a couple weeks back, full disclosure, I wasn't here. It was talked about the the. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's the dark night of the soul. Even in those seasons and in those moments, Paul said you've got to be thankful. You've got to be grateful. You realize in order to walk through the, the the shadow of the valley of death, you actually have to be walking? The alternative is to be dead. The alternative is to not be able to walk at all. So in order for me to walk through those dark seasons, in order for me to walk through the darkest night of the soul means I'm actually still able to walk. God, thank you. Even though I don't like where I'm walking, thank you, Lord, that I can just take another step. Thank you, Lord, that I can just walk through this season. Thank you, Lord, that although I don't understand, all things are working together for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Lastly, is in verse 21. In order to be intentional with our steps, Paul said, submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. In order to be intentional, in order to have the ability to truly watch our steps, we've got to be filled with love and humility. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I've loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. One, two, three different times he said that in that statement. Love one another. Love one another. Submission requires humility. Proverbs 22.4 says, A reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. I don't know about you, but I want riches and honor and life. Not my way, God's way. 
And if humility and fear of the Lord is how I get those, then Lord, keep me humble. Paul's talking to the church at Colossae. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. He says, put on then as God's chosen chosen ones, holy and beloved. You put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord's forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love and humility for one another. I'll be super real for a minute and transparent. It's easier most of the time. It's not right, but it's easier for me most of the time to put on a face and show love and humility to somebody I do not know than it is to circle this closest to me. There's a science behind it. We could go into it. It doesn't matter. It's hard. I've got pastor friends that we have conversations. And like the worst feeling in the world for a pastor is for somebody in that circle, like a wife, to say, you realize how nice you treat all those other people and what you're like when you're here? Our steps cannot be true and our steps cannot be seen if we're not full of love and humility. For some of you, that's easy. Bless the Lord, I'm glad you're designed that way. For some of us, it's not as easy. It's not because we don't love. It's, for me personally, it's because I'm wired with a very dominant, aggressive, task-oriented mindset. This is the way I am. It doesn't mean that I don't love and care about anybody. At all. It just means typically showing that is on the back burner to getting the job done. Which isn't cool. But some of us are wired that way. And so for me, when I read a passage like Colossians 3, 12 through 14, but on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Those are some characteristics that are not natural. They're challenging. Your challenge is something else. Maybe it's 
I don't know, we've walked through a lot. Maybe you have a hard time being happy and putting on a smile. Maybe you have a hard time allowing yourself to be empty of the world so you can be filled with the Spirit. Maybe you have a hard time digging into the Word so you can be full of knowledge. I don't know what it is. We all struggle in some way, shape, or form. I'll lay all mine out on the table so you can see it, but it's so you don't have to. But all of us in some way, shape, or form are lacking in one of these areas. In order to watch our steps, why does it matter? Well, if we're given a mandate to love God and love people and to go and make disciples, there's also a time crunch on all of this. Whether it be my life and my time crunch and I'm only given X amount of days before my time is up here on earth and I've got that long to make the difference or I live until till Jesus returns and, and this world only has X amount of days before the opportunities up. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. There's a time crunch on all of our lives. Paul said, let us watch how we walk. Do you know that if you're looking down at your feet when you walk, you naturally hold a place of submission and humility by not allowing your head to get up too high and your nose to be up in the clouds. Did you know that if you're watching how you walk and you're paying attention to every step, it's a whole lot harder to be distracted by all the junk that's around us? It's a whole lot easier to be full of the Spirit because the other stuff isn't going to make its way in as easy because I don't even see it over there anymore because I'm watching where every step is planted. <laughs> it's a whole lot easier. Some of y'all like to sing in the shower, but you don't sing anywhere else. When my head is down, I don't have a clue who's out there listening to my songs to the Lord. I'm not distracted. I'm not intimidated. I'm not changed by anybody or anything else around me. I'm only watching every step, and I have nothing else to think about but the goodness of God, and I can sing those praises, and I can sing that song that's in my heart because there's nothing else around me that's bothering me because I'm watching every step. Whenever I'm having to watch where every step is going, you got people like me who, who are, I'm, I'm looking that far up the path trying to figure out how I get from here to there rather than just watching the next step. But when I have to watch this step, I have time to have love and humility for the people around me. Because it, not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get there eventually. I know I will. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there whatever pace God has for me to get there. But right now I'm just worried about where this next foot goes to make sure it's planted on a sure, firm foundation, which is God and, and you know, himself and, and his word. And I know I've got to worry about this so I can now come along and take the people around me that, that are around me. I can now bring them under and love and have humility for those people because I'm not focused on what the, the end is. Paul said, look carefully how you walk. The fool said in his heart, there is no God. You know, if we're not careful, he said, look carefully how you walk as wise, not as unwise, but as wise. 
if I just take off running down the path, for lack of a better word, that's pretty stupid. You agree? Ignorant to everything that could be on the path. Ignorant to, to me taking the wrong step and falling off the side. It's ignorant. And the fool said in his heart, there is no God. And for me to take off running down the path every day through my life is foolish. And it's as foolish as if I say, there's no God, there's no purpose, just run. I believe all of us have a place where we fit into this. There's something in all of our lives. One of these five different thought processes that's not perfectly in line. We're all there. But if we truly have a heart to watch our step in order to be intentional so that we make the very best of every day and every, every bit of time that we've got, to see the world changed, we've got to be filled with these things. Father, I love you. God, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you're calling us to this place where we actually watch our step. We pay attention to every step, every move we make in life, God. We, we pay attention to the direction, to the warning signs, God, the things that are on the path. I thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to be intentional. Lord, to walk in this moment, not in the next moment, but to walk right here, right now, as we watch to make sure every step is sure-footed on you, our firm foundation. God, you love us so much, and you want the very best for our life. You want us to have life abundantly. And you've got a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. Got every person in the room. You've got a life that is laid out that's good, that's pleasing. Father, not only to you, but even to us. The reward for fear and humility of you, God, is riches, honor, and life. Lord, if there's one in the room today that don't know you, God, I pray that in this moment, you would let them know that you're real and they need to know you. Lord, there's some in the room today that are not filled with these things we've mentioned today. The knowledge, the spirit, the joy, the thanksgiving and worship and love and humility. Father, there's other things that are filling their lives. Today, God, we need to empty ourselves of those things so that we could be full of you. To be intentional with where we step. Hallelujah. So we continue to pray. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, today's a day you could know Jesus. I want to just give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus and you want to begin a relationship, maybe you've had a relationship with him before, but you've got off that path and you're not following his path and you're ready to be reunited with him. Will you just lift up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
God, we take the time just to begin to pour out our thanks, our thanksgiving to you, Lord, for the blessings you put on our life. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of life. God, we thank you that we're here in this time and in this place and in this season. God, I thank you, Lord, for our families. I thank you for this church family. Lord, I thank you for the health, God, that we have. I thank you, Lord, God, that you have saved us from an eternity of hell. God, you loved us enough to send your only son, Jesus, that we could know you and we could be saved. Father, I thank you that you're making us new. I thank you, Lord, that you fill us with joy. God, I thank you that you provide knowledge that we need. I thank you, Jesus, for sending your spirit to us, that we could be filled with your spirit rather than filled with anything of the world. God, we want to empty ourselves of everything in the world. We don't have to be bound to anything. We don't have to be a slave to anything. Father, we're free from those things according to your word. And so we empty ourselves from those things, Lord, so that we could be filled with your spirit, God. Lord, we need to be filled with worship and thanksgiving and adoration to you, Lord, with every step realizing that, God, we've, we're to be thankful and grateful for just who you are, Lord, even beyond the blessings on our life, just for who you are. God, fill us with love and humility for one another. God, as that passage says, if we're to submit to one another, Father, we're to love one another, forgive one another, Lord, let us be full of love and humility. Let us pay attention with every step, God, that you're calling us to wrap our arms and link arms with the people around us so that we're all in this thing together. Father, we want to watch our step today. Lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. God, and as we walk these paths of righteousness for your name's sake, God, let us take every step intentionally and on purpose with a mission and with a purpose. I thank you, Father. I worship your name today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're worthy of all of our praise, Lord. Worthy of all of our worship today. God, for all eternity, we're going to lift up your name and declare you're holy. Holy, holy. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that you've got a plan. God, you've got a will for our life. It's a will for us to live completely for you. Your will for us is to be holy, to be sanctified, set apart, be different. I thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this church family. I thank you that you've allowed us to be together today. God, I thank you that you've allowed each one of us to come in the, in the room and, and tap into your presence. God, to be able to communicate and commune with you. Lord, I thank you that you love us. God, that we're each your masterpiece. I thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray blessings on your people today. God, I pray that you give grace and peace and let your face shine on them today as we go out. 
Lord, let us go out walking the path intentionally, seeing where it is that you'd have for us to go, God, because time is of the essence. Lord, let us manage that time properly because we're in evil days. Let us watch our step. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.